The New York Islanders will face the Carolina Hurricane in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have our initial thoughts on the matchup, the latest injury updates, and more all on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sar tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe so you can get all the latest episodes as soon as they drop, both on your podcatcher of choice and on YouTube. So much to talk about ahead of next week's playoff matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. But first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode Feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And yeah... I will be live tweeting during every Islanders playoff game, home and road. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And, you know, it's always great to talk a little Isles hockey with fellow Islander fans, game time or really any time. All right. We now know the Islanders will be facing the Carolina Hurricanes in round one. Why? Well, last night. Carolina defeated the Florida Panthers by a score of 6-4. to four. And you know, it got a little, a little nerve-wracking late in this game. Uh, Carolina was up 4-2 to two late in the period, and then Shane Gostisbehere got an empty net goal with 2 minutes and 40 seconds left in the game. 5-2 Carolina, and Islander fans were like, okay, yeah, this game's over. Well, Florida comes back. Scores 38 seconds later to pull within 5-3. Scores 38 seconds after that to make it 5-4. Pulls the goalie again, but Sebastian Ajo, the Hurricanes' Sebastian Ajo, scores yet another empty netter, and Carolina wins it 6-4. So, Florida ends up being the second wild card. They're the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they have to face the Boston Bruins. 
They will be in the Metropol- uh, in the Atlantic Division draw. The Islanders will face the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, will stay in the Metropolitan Division. Now, uh, the Hurricanes finished the year 52-21-9. That is uh, 113 points. Compare that to the Islanders, who had 93. So, uh, realistically, a 20-point difference between these two teams over the course of 82 games. But I said this on yesterday's show, and I I think it holds up. Considering that the only two teams the Islanders could have faced in the first round were Carolina and Boston, the Islanders definitely are better off facing the Carolina Hurricanes right now. Why? Well, Let's put it this way, shall we? Carolina right now is not playing at their best. They are a banged-up hockey team. And, you know, they won their last two games of the regular season, but lost their three games before that, won three games prior to that, and lost three games prior to that. And if you're noticing a pattern, There is definitely some inconsistency here. And part of the reason for the inconsistency, without question, is injuries. And right now, the Hurricanes are without some of their better players. And especially up front, and that makes a big difference. I mean, Andrei Svechnikov. Not in the lineup, not available. That makes a a big difference, certainly, for the Carolina Hurricanes. And whether he has any chance of being back for the playoffs remains to be seen. Max Pacioretty, also unavailable on IR. Again, could they activate him for the playoffs? I don't know. But certainly... uh, not having those two players especially uh, slows down the Carolina offense. And Carolina is, like the Islanders, a defense-first team. So I- I'm just as a general kind of a thing, I think this will be a low-scoring series. I think we'll see a lot of 3-2, kind of games. And... One thing that the Islanders absolutely cannot allow to happen. The first goal in all of these games is going to be important because goals are going to be at a premium. And Carolina was 18th in the league in goals scored, but second in the league in goals against. And, you know, those stats aren't finalized. We still have to calculate in uh, a couple of games on today, Friday, that'll close out the season. None of them affect the Islanders uh, as far as who they're playing in the postseason. But defense first for the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Islanders, no matter who's been in goal right now, whether it's Frederick Anderson or Antti Ranta, they've played well 
in front of both of those players and in front of Peter Kochetkov when he was there. And you look at the numbers, Anderson started six more games, but Ranta had a better goals against average and a slightly better save percentage. And the interesting thing is the save percentage by these goalies, not eye-popping. Anderson a 9.04, Ranta a 9.10. Not, you know, these are good numbers, but not eye-popping numbers by comparison. Ilya Sorokin, a 9.24 save percentage. Semyon Varlamov, a 9.13 save percentage. But what does that tell you? It tells you that the Carolina Hurricanes win a lot of games because they don't let their opponents get a lot of quality scoring chances. And the Islanders are going to have to find a way to get those scoring chances together and put some pressure on the goaltenders and create enough scoring chances to eke out some wins in these games. Now, we've got a lot more to discuss. We're going to look at all the playoff matchups in the Eastern Conference because they are all set. We're also going to take a a look back at the four games between the Islanders and the Hurricanes and what we might be able to learn from those games. This is an exciting time of year, Islanders fans. Playoff hockey is here. And uh, we will, of course, have it all covered for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So more to get to, lots more to get to on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all... It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So the Islanders and the Hurricanes met four times this season. And the Islanders won one and uh, ended up losing three. And ironically, the win for the Islanders was the first meeting of the season back in October. Islanders winning that game by a score of 6-2. to two. Brock Nelson scoring twice for the Islanders. Josh Bailey, Zach Parise, Oliver Wallstrom, and Matt Martin also scoring two assists for Anthony Bavillier, two for Matthew Barzal. Now, again, with Barzi, we still don't know if he's coming back. But this game, you know, the Islanders did get 31 shots on goal against Frederick Anderson. 
and were able to cash in on uh, six uh, goals. One of them was an empty netter at the end. So they had 32 shots in the game. And that's going to be the key, getting enough shots on goal against Frederick Anderson. Now, Ilya Sorokin made 33 saves. Islanders were outshot 35-32 in that game. And, you know, realistically, it is one of those things that is very important that the Islanders get enough pressure. Now, the second, that meeting, by the way, was in Carolina. The second meeting was at the UBS Arena, and the Islanders were shut out in this game, three to nothing. And all three goals came against Ilya Sorokin. He faced 29 shots, made 26 saves. But here again, we see what Carolina likes to do. They had Peter Kochetkov in goal. He only had to make 16 saves in that game to earn the win. You had, you know, goals by Paul Stastny, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and Jordan Stahl to end up with that. No Carolina player had more than one point in this game, but the Islanders just couldn't get pucks on net. And, you know, when you don't shoot and you can't produce any offense, it's really hard to win hockey games, and the Islanders struggled to do just that. Third meeting between the teams. Islanders did a little better offensively. This one also at the UBS Arena. Carolina winning the game by a final score of 5-2. to two. Again, the last goal was an empty netter. And Sebastian Ajo of Carolina, not the Islanders' Sebastian Ajo, although he did play in the game. You know, th- this was game was kind of a tale of two Sebastian Ajos. Carolina's Ajo had a hat trick in this game, scoring on... Uh, all three of the shots he took on Ilya Sorokin. Our Sebastian Ajo was a minus three in this game. Brock Nelson and Anthony Bevilier were minus four. So, uh, again, you, you sort of see Islanders outshot, uh, outshot the Hurricanes 31-26, to but only managed two goals in the game. Brock Nelson and Simon Holmstrom getting those goals, and the Islanders fell 5-2. to two. The last meeting between these two teams was just uh, about a week ago, and the Islanders took an early one nothing lead on a goal by J.G. Pajot and uh, ended up losing it 2-1. to one. Uh, Kotkaniemi and Jordan Martinuk with the goals, the game winner coming early in the third period. And again, the Islanders not able to generate a lot of offense in this game. They're outshot 35 to 22. Frederick Anderson only, you know, not tested very often. Only four shots in this game were considered high danger shots for the Islanders out of 22. The Hurricanes really smothered the Islanders offensively. Pajot had four shots on goal to pace the Islanders, but, excuse me, it wasn't enough, and the Islanders go down to defeat, so that is, uh, you know, 
definitely going to be a key. And part of the problem with getting shots, not only do the Hurricanes forwards do a good job of back-checking and, and being clogging things up in the neutral zone, but you've got a very, very solid top six defense. Uh, Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns, a fantastic top pairing, both of them dangerous. Brett Pesci and Brady Shea, a very good second pair. And then Shane Gostisbehere and Jalen Chatfield are the third pair. This group is deep. They're diverse in their skill sets. Burns and Slavin can put points on the board. Uh, even Gostisbehere on the third pairing is capable of carrying the puck and making moves. You have a situation where the Islanders are going to have to really get be on their best game in order to win uh, this series. And we also know they're going to have to win at least one game on the road. And look, you look at the season statistics, the Islanders were a much better team at home than they were on the road. And yet... This season, 1-1 one one in Carolina, 0-2 oh against the Canes at the UBS Arena. Now, these two teams did meet back in 2019 in the postseason, and Carolina swept that series. The Islanders had beaten Pittsburgh in the opening round that year, and then in a sweep, and then were swept by Carolina, and that took place during Barry Trotz's first season as Islanders head coach. It will not be an easy task to beat this Carolina Hurricanes team. But the fact that they are offensively challenged in part because of injury and the fact that the Islanders may, may, we don't have any specific updates on Matthew Barzal or Alexander Romanov other than we know they skated on their own before the season finale against the Habs on Wednesday. But we do not know uh, whether or not one or both of them will be back, but we will certainly keep you updated over the weekend when we know uh, exactly what the matchups are going to be. As for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, in the Atlantic Division, it's Boston and Florida. That is the 1-4 matchup. And then Toronto and Tampa Bay with Boston and Toronto having home ice advantage in those two series. And then it's Carolina and the Islanders, as we've told you, with the Devils and the Rangers meeting in an all-New York metropolitan area series in the other metropolitan division round. Now, what does this mean? All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I can tell you right now, if the Islanders do somehow pull off the upset, They will play the winner of the Devils-Rangers series. Islanders and Rangers have not met in the playoffs since 1994. It would be great to see. Islanders-Devils, certainly a great rivalry as well. Not as uh, impressive or as intense as Islanders-Rangers. But look, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Right now, the Islanders have to worry about Carolina- But I can tell you right now, 
there won't be a lot of travel in the second round if the Islanders make it that far. We have got more to get to on today's show. We will talk a little bit about the Islanders' season and how they managed to pull off this playoff run late in the year. Plus, uh, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. We've got all of that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So how did the Islanders do it? Because back in January, it really didn't look realistic for the Islanders to make the playoffs. And yet, they did. And they did it without Matthew Barzal. So how? You know, this is a season where they lost Barzy for the last couple of months. They didn't have Adam Pellick in the middle of the season for 20-plus games. They didn't have Oliver Wallstrom for more than half the season, and yet they found a way to get the job done. One reason, well, let's start with Brock Nelson. 36 goals, 75 points, the point total a career high, and he stayed healthy all year long. By the way, the five Islanders who played all 82 games— Nelson, Zach Parise, Ryan Pulak, Anders Lee, Scott Mayfield. So 16 points more than he had a year ago when he also had a career high in points. And Brock Nelson coming up big for the Islanders. That's one reason. The other reason is the two moves that Lou Lamorello did make at the trade deadline. Now you can argue that there should have been other moves made, mostly uh, selling off some of the guys on expiring contracts. We'll talk more about that argument at a later time. But the deal is that both Bo Horvat and Pierre Engvall helped the Islanders really excel. Engvall teamed with Nelson and Kyle Palmieri to really give the Islanders a consistent offensive line in the last month, month, really the last month of the season. And that was a big, big part of it as to why this team was able to get the job done. And look, Pierre Engvall, plus 10 during his tenure with the New York Islanders. And then Bo Horvat, yeah, you could tell me that, okay, he got acquired the last day of January. He only had seven goals and 16 points in 30 games. That's roughly a 45-point season over 82 games. But he won almost 58% of his face-offs. When injuries hit, he was able to help kill penalties. And he really did help the Islanders with a leadership and with some of the other things. Now, I'm not going to lie. In the playoffs, Bo Horvat must get more points than he did. But clearly, the addition of Bo Horvat and Pierre Engvall helped the Islanders overcome the loss of Matthew Barzal, which would not have been ha- uh, possible without those guys. Getting Adam Pellick back, and getting him into game shape and comfortable again, that was a big part of it. He led the Islanders with a plus-15 rating, and they really were a different team 
when he finally got back into the groove, and then Alexander Romanov found his groove late in the season. That certainly helped, but look, one thing above and beyond everything else, Ilya Sorokin. He was just outstanding all year long. Yeah, okay, everyone has their off games, but no way can you discount the importance of Ilya Sorokin to this team making the playoffs without him. I don't even think they come close to sniffing the postseason. And then I'm going to throw in Hudson Fashing, who seemingly came out of nowhere. Anyone remember Nikita Sashnikov and Kiefer Bellows? Because neither one of them did much early in the season. Hudson Fashing became a reliable player. Zach Parise, 21 goals, playing on a minimum contract at the age of 38. These are all reasons the New York Islanders managed to make the playoffs, and they're going to need that and a whole lot more in order to go somewhere in the playoffs. And we'll definitely be talking a lot about that on Monday show, and we will do a crossover episode with Locked On Hurricanes. Today, time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, today, we have Keith Acton, who will turn 65 on Saturday. Acton, originally drafted by the Canadiens in the sixth round back in 1978, had back-to-back 100-plus point seasons for the Peterborough Peets, made his NHL debut with the Canadiens in 79-80, later played for the North Stars, the Oilers, the Flyers, the Capitals, and then joined the Islanders early in the 93-94 season, which would be his last in the NHL. Played 71 games for the Isles, two goals, nine points, 50 penalty minutes, and he did play in all four playoff games against the Rangers that year. So yeah, he played the last games that Al Arbor was the official head coach of the New York Islanders. I'm not even going to count that little one game, you know, give them the 1500th game stunt that the Islanders pulled in the early 2000s. Uh, Acton went on to be an assistant coach with the Flyers, Rangers, Maple Leafs, Blue Jackets, and Oilers between 1995 and 2015. Uh, his best game as an Islander, well, it's pretty easy. We go back to February 27th, 1994 at the Old Barn, and in that game, he gets one of his two goals, Keith Acton. He took four shots, scored a goal, was a plus one, as the Islanders beat the Quebec Nordique by a score of 5-2. to two. So, I uh, want to wish a very happy birthday to former Islanders center Keith Acton, the defensive forward is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game-to-Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game-to-game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be back on Monday, and we'll have that special crossover episode. We're going in-depth. We're going to preview this series between the Islanders and the Hurricanes. We'll have some bonus 
uh, videos uh, being released over the weekend as well. Uh, probably drop on Monday uh, or Sunday night. So look for that as we'll talk a little bit about the Islanders' playoff prospects. And uh, I am so looking forward to this journey. The Islanders, they should be loose. There's no pressure on them. They have nothing to lose. Carolina, meanwhile, they have the expectations of first place and a long playoff run. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.